I'm Owen Evans. I'm joined, not Max today. We got Jake Anderson alongside. We got a lot of Phoenix Rising stuff to talk about, haven't we? The first preseason game just took place this past weekend, and we're going to be breaking that down along with a lot of other news that we've been hearing over the past week. But Jake, in here on a Tuesday night, no Max today. No Max. I heard he's. He's ducking his responsibilities. He's ducking his responsibilities, and maybe that's not the only thing. But hey, we'll get into that one a little bit later, because first, as I mentioned, we got a lot of Phoenix Rising stuff to talk about, and I think we should start by talking about that preseason game. And Jake, I feel like this is going to be a little bit short, this bit of the discussion, because we both know what we got out of that game. But what did you get out of that game? Yeah, I, there's nothing I hate more than meaningless minutes. Um Right, it's a preseason match. They the, the starters played for thirty minutes. Right, I liked what I saw from from some guys. I liked what I saw from Panos. You could tell he's not a hundred percent yet. Right, he's still rehabbing that ankle injury that he played through in the playoffs. Um, seeing Remy Cabral for the first time, did not realize how big of a man he is. Um, so I think he's going to be an interesting combination of size and speed, which is not necessarily something Rising had last year. I think that's a new wrinkle. Um, I love getting to see Kush play um, for a kid who just turned six. A kid who just got his license so he could drive himself to training, right? He had a sense of poise on the ball. I mean, right, you can still tell he's a kid out there playing against men, but he still has some size in him that he'll grow into. Like, he's still growing. You know, you, you, saw, you saw what you wanted to see from uh, 30 minutes of a, what, nine out of the 11 players are, are going to be expected to play, right? I mean, the goalkeeper that started was not even Phoenix Rising's goalkeeper. It was Portland's. I mean, that, that yeah. should just tell well, you. Well, that does that tells you a that lot, That tells right? you you need to know about this, the seriousness of the match. Exactly. Rocco Rios Novo out on international duty. Patrick Lukowski not able to play in this game uh, either. And so, yeah, they ended up with a kidding goal in the second half. Stenberg uh, was out as well. Julio Doritiotto. Julio Doritiotto only just arrived on Thursday. Um, so of course he wasn't ready and up to speed, ready to go, um, in this game. And yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, right, you, you had for one half of that game, a Portland Timbers player playing for Phoenix Rising in goal because Phoenix Rising did not have enough goalkeepers to, to work through the rotations that they wanted to, to get through. So I think it was one of those games where, look, I think that the biggest attraction really for that one was the fans having the opportunity to mingle afterwards and, and get out there with the players and the coaching staff and, and have those conversations and have fun. Good opportunity for the kids to get out there as well. But but the game itself was one of those ones where it, it felt like a training ground exercise in reality, right? It was the first friendly for Phoenix Rising, the first friendly for Portland Timbers. What you saw from those two teams was was ultimately a, a desire to get out there, get a few minutes out there, giving a bit of a jog around, a bit of a run, uh, see what you can do in some, you know, broadly speaking, game-like situations, right? Showing you the ability, you know, the ability for players to, to start working with each other, read each other's movements, uh, find themselves in different spaces. Uh, but ultimately, you're not going to get a, a whole lot out of it because it's just a, almost like an extension of, of the training ground in a lot of ways, right? It's not right. really much more to it than you'd see on the training page. It's just seeing a different team and being able to maybe put people out there and try a few things out. But it didn't really tell us a whole lot, right? And and this is the thing. I think as we go through this preseason, what we're going to see more and more is going to be patterns starting to emerge. I think by the time we reach that LA Galaxy 2 friendly, at the very latest, we'll be able to talk a lot more about, I think, what we're expecting this Phoenix Rising team to do. 
We do know, and I think this is one of the key things when we, we look back at it from just some of the conversations afterwards when we chat with Danny Stone in the press conference afterwards, and, and this one probably the ones are really key in on, is, of course, the conversation about, well, what is it that you want to do stylistically when you're coming off of this one era, where are you going from here? And I think we got a little bit more direction on that in terms of, well, we're not reinventing the wheel, but we maybe do want to see things be a bit more exciting. We want to see maybe a little bit more up-tempo. And that was one of the big criticisms of Phoenix Rising last year, I think, at times that they, they didn't really have almost that sense of urgency at times. They were very much a possession-based uh, team, and we knew that, everybody knew that. But they didn't always have the ability to step it up a gear, at least in the regular season. That appears to be something that Danny's trying to do differently. Right. And and we weren't expecting to see, you know, all out attack or an all out <laughs> or just even trying really in terms of these guys still need to get up to tempo for fitness. Right. Like these guys aren't going to go a full 90. We weren't expecting that. I think the biggest thing I was looking forward to seeing was what you just said is what is the shape of this team going to look like? Are there going to be tweaks? Are there going to be differences? And it was hard to gauge in 30 minutes because some of these guys haven't played with each other, right? I mean, just for example, I noticed Panos really having to come back deeper to get on the ball just to maybe switch the play, right? And Portland, I mean, Neville had them him them playing such a high line. I mean, these guys were basically just beyond midfield. So we saw a lot of long balls from the back, a lot of diagonals. Will we see that throughout the course of the season or is that just more of a result of the fact that you had so much space in behind? that you almost are forced to play that ball. But one thing I was really excited to see was see Gabby Torres back. I think that is almost going to feel like a new signing because of how much time he missed last year. And you yeah. honestly forget how good of a player he is. And I think the wing depth that this team has, especially when you play in this 3-5-2, 3-4-1-2, it's fluid with the ball and in, and in defense, right? But with a three-at-the-back system, with the wingbacks being probably the most important part of that in terms of defensive uh, positioning and then getting the ball out wide and then back in toward the middle, I think this team's very deep at that position. You see the abundance of midfielders that they have, which goes to to add to that. So I'm very much seeing uh, potentially a more fluid and more attractive style that you just said we should be able to see more so when they're playing against other USL teams um, in the last part of preseason. Did you mention Gabby Torres there? I think it is worth reiterating sometimes, I think, how much he can really impact this team in the attacking. You can tell that from some of the numbers he had. That first season when he showed up in Phoenix, right at the very end, right at the very end of the season, he only got four games in with Phoenix Rising at the end of 2022. That was the Phoenix Rising team, of course, that missed the playoffs that year uh, for the first time since the Arizona United days. He still came in, four games, three goals and two assists. Right. And that was not on a good team. Even last season, 16 USL games, he gets one goal, six assists. This is someone who contributes to this team. We can expect him to, yes, he can finish if he gets in those spaces in front of goal, but you're not necessarily always looking for that, and he'll still find ways to contribute by by finding a teammate, finding ways to, to get the ball to them and, and really create some dangerous moments. And I think especially given, and we'll move on now to, I think, one of our new signings, but especially given the impact that Remy Cabral can have, I think that would be interesting to see how Gabby Torres can can really link up with him. But let, let's touch on that one, right? So with two signings last week, Remy Cabral, will start with him first. He signed on loan, that one coming in on Wednesday. He's a forward. Of course, he had a share in the golden boot in MLS Next Pro last season with Colorado Rapids 2. Uh, 19 goals in 20 games what a what a just stat line that one alone 
Yeah, the, that you literally literally cannot ask for anymore. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if it was half that, you would be ecstatic. If you score in half your games, every other game, you're going to take that without any question. Mm -hmm. But to score in almost every single game, like I said, I was, I was not... Maybe it's because the last time we saw him, he was with Los Dos, and he wasn't that big. But he just... He has a towering presence about him, and he has he does. a lot of pace, and he knows that. And I think if... I don't expect him to replace the 34 goals that they have to replace with Arteaga and Trejo. But I still think he could get in the high teens. And if he can really get on, maybe some low 20s. I mean, if he's going to be the out-and-out -out main number nine, you're going to expect him to be the one taking most of the shots. Yeah. No, and you would expect him to be that player. I mean, when you look at some of the, the things he had to say himself, he described himself as a, a technical player with speed. I can put the ball in the back of the net, but my first thing is to play well. So he's someone who... Yeah, he, he's definitely a, a bigger player up front. You mentioned it earlier as well, which is you were surprised at the height on the guy. Um, but he's quick. He's quick. And I understand Michael's comment here. I will, I will address that, actually. And Michael's comment, my only question, why is a 23 or 24-year-old player playing in Next Pro? I understand that. But what I would say here, and, and I think this is really a, a critical one, is that's a great argument unless you absolutely tear up the league in the way that he did. Um... I think that what he showed in that is that he's definitely above that level. Definitely right. above that level. Again, 19 goals in 20 games. You don't get that kind of scoring return for Especially because when you actually delve into it, I believe there's only one hat trick in there as well. So it wasn't as though he was scoring in a handful of games and just absolutely ripping certain teams to shreds and then turning around and, and doing nothing for the next month. That wasn't what we saw. So Jets comment as well. Yeah, he did actually play in the, on the wing with Los Dos. Um, he had a little bit of a change around, so he was on the wing more with Los Dos. He's also someone who, who spent some time playing as like an attacking midfielder, a number 10 kind of role. But last season when he was with Colorado Rapids too, he played as more of a nine, and, and that's what ultimately I think in those in that season really, really seemed to work well. Um, I know there was a comment in here from uh, Mitchell. Mitchell up at DNVR at our uh, sister network up there who made a comment back in September about how Remy Cabral scored a goal every 74 minutes wow. for Rapids. That, that's just a... Wow. That's just an insane number. And again, from, from everything I've seen from, from the people up in Denver and what they're saying about this guy, there seems to be a good buzz around him from people who, who watched him last season playing in Next Pro. They really think that he's someone who can contribute. I mean, and to, to answer the, you know, him playing on the wing, I mean, Danny Trejo wasn't necessarily a center forward. No, with, no, he wasn't. Vegas, right? It was, it was him and Cal Jennings, and they kind of just poached and they were so lethal on the wings rising knows that firsthand every time they went up there it felt <laughs> like they were getting killed by them and then he ended up making that change to play more centrally and it worked right i mean it hit and it and it really kind of took off once once panos came and was able to really get him on the end of these balls in in behind i'm looking forward to now rising potentially having an aerial attack as well as speed because that was just something that you know for artiaga's size he isn't necessarily the greatest in the air. I mean, he had a couple headed goals, but he 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 should have been better for his size, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll see. Because I mean, again, it's thirty four goals, right? It it's two top five scores from last season that you are missing and you have to replace. And whether that's going to be additional wingers like Gabby Torres is having to score, Panos is going to have to be scoring more. Um, you know, Gallardo is going to be playing more and having to score more. Like somebody's going to have to replace that because 34 goals is 34 goals. That's well, over half your output. 
Indeed, indeed it is. I'll take one more quote actually here from Remy Cabral. Uh, when he signed, uh, he said, from my side, I only know bad things about coming to play Phoenix. I had awful experiences, right? And I understand that. He's saying when he was playing with LA Galaxy 2, they got beaten by this team quite a bit. But at the same time, he's got in three of the six games that he played against Phoenix Rising. So those Danny Trejo comparisons. I'm just starting to... Hey, you piece these bits together and you just kind of run with it, don't you? I mean, it's... Danny did the same. Danny tore up Phoenix when he played him. Yeah. Even though he was on the losing side a fair few times, he still managed to find the back of the net in those games. Oh, and when they signed Trejo, it was one of those who were like, thank God he's off to, off Vegas now. <laughs> just he's a, he's a, He was a pain. He was a menace. Yeah. To have that guy in your squad. Um, I, I guess... Uh, I guess Remy wasn't on the uh, Los Dos team from my infinite uh, no tie game. That's sorry, tie gate. <laughs> that is a good question, actually. I'm not sure if we know that one. It was 2021. Ooh, ooh, that is a very good question. You're going to make me look this up now. The the infamous Jake Anderson tie like game. Reese? Go on, Stalaki Reese isn't here for some reason. He didn't show up either. So it's just, just me and, and Jake for today. But tell the people, for those who, many of them, of course, know the story. But tell the story of the no tie game. So, yeah, O and I go to L.A. because there's uh, in two games in four days of Los Dos and then O.C. And I had been looking at the history between Rising and Los Dos. And at the time, Rising had won nine in a row. Not nine unbeaten, nine wins in a row. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the goal difference was 24 to 3. So, something absurd. Rising had absolutely dominated the series up until that point. And I remember saying to Owen, I don't respect this team enough to wear a tie tonight. And, of course, Owen goes, well, you know what's going to happen if they lose. I didn't think they were going to lose. But, sure enough, Tate Schmidt gets his, set, what, second red in three yeah, halves? Yeah, he, he had – no, not even three. Um, he he played less – he got a red card before halftime in the one game, served his suspension the next, and then the next game comes out. And he got a red And got a red half. card in the first half yet again. So, in the spell of less than 90 minutes of actual playing time, he received – two red cards so rising loses what three nil three one three nil in that game um looking at this remy cabral did play in that game interestingly well, so he was on the good side he one was, time he was on the winning team in that game yes so to wrap up the tie story four days later three days later whatever we had up to oc and i put the tie back on and sure enough rising wins at oc in the regular season for the first time in club history uh, from there on out, I wore a tie to every game. Until last season, I wore a polo, and they I think it was Memphis, and they absolutely throttled them. So Very I put, true. put that to bed then. But Very true. That's the origin of uh, of Tiegate, if you didn't know the story already. There we go. There we go. See, you learn a lot of things on this, on this, especially when Max isn't here. Uh, it was when Juan was still an assistant coach. It was. Now look where we're at. That was at a time when... Juan Guerra and Danny Stone were both assistant coaches. You're right. One of whom God, is Danny, now, yeah. yeah that's you got to remember that, right? And I posted that on the the day that that Danny took his uh yep. his first press conference. That if you go back to March 21, they were announced in the same press release, the exact same press release, and as both Danny Stone and Juan Guerra joining the team as uh, assistant coaches. So yeah, that's a long way back that one. <laughs> But there we go. That's Remy Cabral, of course, one of the new signs for Phoenix Rising. Another new signing is one coming in on Friday. Uh, we're going to talk about him. It's Lawrence Wyke. Um, let's talk. I think let's start talking about the on-field stuff in terms of the footballing side of things. Okay, he comes in. He's a defender. He can also play defensive midfield. We've seen him in both roles. 
Um, he spent some time with Tampa Bay Rowdies. He was most recently with Nashville. Didn't play an awful lot at all last season. Um, kind of bouncing around, loan signing in, in Tampa for a couple of games. He went down to next pro as well. He is someone, though, who's got a good amount of experience across the, the course of his career in USL in terms of 95 career USL championship games in both the regular season and the playoffs. He also previously played with Atlanta United as well, coming up uh, there as well, and played in MLS with them too. Um, he's someone who I think is quite highly regarded by the team. He's someone that I know, uh, people within the team have said that he's probably one of the better players in this league at what he does specifically. Um, I'm intrigued what you think about this as a footballing signing. From his on-field play standpoint, obviously I, I think he has the skill. He'll be one of the better talented players on this team for sure. I mean, if you think about who this club has lost in the last, since August, you have lost Kevin Lambert and Carlos Harvey. You needed to replace them. Is Wyke a like for like for one of those two? Maybe he's more Kev than he is Carlos. I mean, I don't really know who is a like for like change for a guy like Carlos Harvey who just runs until you know the ref says you need to stop running, man. Right? Like he he was an engine, and that and those players are very hard to replace. And normally the referee said such with a yellow, with card. yellow yeah. card. Yes. Um, um, so yeah, I think I think he's one of those players that if you need an emergency center back, he can you know, drop back and play that role because he definitely has the ability to on the ball, which I think is paramount in which is now the Danny Stone system, but I, I think is also, you know, going to be very similar to what we saw this team under Wangera. Yeah, I mean, we, we have yet to see Julio Doriotioto play. I, I expect Julio to be maybe a little bit more offensive-minded and maybe um, helps out, you know, pushing forward a little bit more, but we'll see, right? I mean, Wyke was another guy who didn't dress out for the preseason game. So, it, you know, a lot of the guys on the team who we expect to start didn't even play. So we, we still have, you know, what, six weeks until the, the first, the first match, March 9th. So, you know, still a lot of time. But um, from a playing perspective, he, he's probably a, a player that's going to make this team very good. And the midfield depth, as I said earlier, is, is unbelievable. It is, it is, right? And this is something now I'll, I'll kind of drawing you mentioned uh julio dorotiotto right Let, let's talk he he was in his press release when he was signed it was announced that he's also someone who depending on the formation is comfortable playing as a 10 so yes even though we kind of look at him as someone who may be a little bit more defensive minded in the midfield here he is saying that that if in certain circumstances he can play in a slightly more attacking role a slightly more advanced role in that formation so again we'll have to see what they quite plan on doing in terms of where people will slot in um not quite sure whether we'll see uh like folk you know focusing more as a as a defender in this case whether he's going to be more of a defensive midfielder i i mean those are things we're going to have to wait and see we may see a bit more of that picture as the preseason progresses of course we're going to talk about lawrence white we do also have to address the elephant in the room in this one we're going back to 2022 and the uh suspension that was then uh revoked very shortly afterwards um just to walk through the basic premise of what happened here. Uh, Lawrence Wyke was accused of violating the league's policy on uh, anti-discrimination, uh, was issued a 12-game suspension uh, by the league in the first instance. A few days later, the league convened an independent appeals panel, which heard his appeal, determined the league did not have sufficient evidence to proceed by giving him the suspension, so they, they revoked that suspension. He served no suspension in the end. Um, this is something that is still carrying on. I mean, there's a lot of discourse. We've seen it on Twitter. We've seen it elsewhere. 
Um, I will take this opportunity. I think we'll we'll bring in a, a quote here from Brandon McCarthy uh, that he gave us in an exclusive interview with PHNX last week. He said, we spoke to everyone we could, everyone in all aspects of it, people with the league, with Tampa, around Lawrence, with Monterey. We went to everyone we could looking for everything. There was not just smoke, but that there was fire. We found nothing. That's what Brandon McCarthy, Phoenix Rising Sporting Director, told us about signing Lawrence White last week. Uh, he spoke about how they went into a, a several-month-long uh, investigation um, looking into, you know, kind of chatting with, with people around him, people who, who know him, who, who know of the incident, who were there on the night and trying to, to really work out what happened. Um, obviously, still in a position whereby look, this this hasn't... It was dismissed because of a lack of evidence at the time. Uh, USL Championship and the United Soccer League in, a, in an ongoing lawsuit at the moment with Lawrence White over this one. Uh, Lawrence currently suing them for defamation um, and in court filings, USL continuing to maintain that their uh, investigation was, was in accordance with USL's policies and procedures at the time. Uh, PHNX did ask Monterey Bay for comments uh, starting last week, and we have yet to hear back from Monterey Bay on that. So we needed to address that, I think, is an important part of this. We can't really ignore it. Um, but that's uh, at the end of the day, we don't have any deeper answers for you that we can give you on that one. Right. Neither of us were there. Um, so I think that makes it difficult because... Uh, we will n never truly know what happened, right? It's going to be, you know, he said, she said kind of, of scenario, which is unfortunate. Um, from a Monterey standpoint, why would they lie about it? Um, but again, if, if there's no definitive proof in terms of how we handle things in court of law and, you know, versus the court of public opinion is completely different, right? The way I look at it is this. Obviously, Phoenix has a history of incidents like this, right? And it's not necessarily something that you want to invite in, given what has already happened in Phoenix. Um, given that you knew the response was not going to be well-received, and it wasn't, um, from a on-field standpoint, and this is me purely speculating, if you just took his skill and his talent and the fact that he was not getting very much MLS time uh, with Nashville, you had an opportunity to theoretically get a player at a high level that should this cloud not be over him might have cost you more. And again, this is me speculating that yeah. you're getting a high quality player at an extraordinarily good value. Again, though, it brings in the questions and we're not, you know, he, he has the, I don't know if he's allowed to talk about it publicly, given the fact that he has there a lawsuit. There is, of course, ongoing litigation again, as I said. He's so, currently suing them in the Florida courts. You know, I would I would love to, you know, at least maybe hear him address things publicly, sit down with him and have a private conversation. Uh, you know, j just because we're so far removed from the inside of it, right? Well, all we know is what's been made public. Again, I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he didn't do it because... I don't think we'll ever truly find out. So then I think it then comes down to, do you do your due diligence? Do you, like Brandon said, do you ask everyone you could possibly ask? Do you ask his teammates? Do you ask his family? Do you ask Monterey? Do you ask anyone who was there, anyone who knows this kid? 
and anyone that knows his character from when he was a young kid, if you could, like go far as far back as you can. Has he ever been this type of kid? And then you make your decision. Then you make your judgment. Is was this a misunderstanding? Like he says it is, or did something actually happen? Or is it likely that something happened? We'll never know. Right. Well, we will never truly know. You can only do an investigation on your own, make some some inferences and, and, and try to make the best decision based on the information that you gathered. At this point, you hope Phoenix did all that. You hope that Brandon or Bobby or Danny or whoever was part of this process did everything they could possibly do, unturned every single stone that they could. And if this is the decision that they made because of the information that they found or didn't find. You you just you you hope it was the right one, and you can pretty much do nothing but support them at this point, um, because if you just let it linger and you let this thing fester, I think it it only does negative on the team, and it only does negative in the locker room. It's just outside noise that would want to be ignored, but it should not be taken lightly. Like it, it should not be something that just gets swept under the rug. It should not be something that is just saying like, oh well, they didn't prove it. So let's move on. It, it, it's a very serious matter. We see this across the entire globe. It's not just a problem here in Phoenix. Um, and to try to get this out of the game, to get it out of our beautiful game, is something that every single player, every single coach, every single fan, administrator, whatever you want to call them, needs to be working toward. So I'm, I'm hoping, because we were not part of that process, nor should we have been, but I'm just hoping that they did everything possible and made their decision based on the information that they were given. Because at this point, we'll, we'll never truly know. Indeed, we will never truly know. So on that note, I think it's time for us to, to move forward a little bit. Of course, Phoenix Rising has their next preseason game coming up in a little bit over a week's time. Well, it's close to two weeks, actually. They'll be over in uh, Coachella Valley. They'll be playing there at the Empire Polo Grounds, uh, getting ready for... A matchup with Minnesota United. And, of course, if you're heading over there, much like I will be, uh, it's a nice long drive, about four hours each way, potentially, uh, depending on what part of the valley you are traveling from. But if you're driving over there, you're going to have to fill up on gas. And if you're going to have to fill up on gas, make sure to check out our friends at Circle K. And particularly, make sure to sign up for the Inner Circle Rewards Program. That's right. If you sign up for the Inner Circle Program, the Inner Circle Rewards, you will get... 25 cents off per gallon on your first five fill-ups. What a great time to use it when you're going to have to be filling that tank up because you're driving all the way over to Palm Springs, effectively, uh, over in the Coachella Valley. Uh, you also save three cents per gallon every day. There's lots of other giveaways there that are also great. You get free uh, pizza, coffee, uh, fountain drinks, all kind of good stuff that you get over the time of being a member of the Inner Circle Rewards Program. Make sure you go over, join the Inner Circle Rewards Program for free. It's free to join, of course. And again, save that money on the gas by downloading the Circle K app today. And uh, make sure, of course, check out the terms and conditions online, parts of different locations, all that stuff. CircleK.com. And if you're not making the trip or if you're enjoying maybe just the week off, uh, weekend off we've got this weekend where there is no formal preseason fixture on the books maybe enjoy the weekend off with a nice cold beer and if you're going to do so why not make it a four peaks of course four peaks they've got the new bad birdie juicy gold nail a collab between four peaks and bad birdie uh max always raves about this one personally i stick on the wow normally i'm a big fan of the wow but i hear a lot of good things about this 
Bad birdie, juicy golden ale. I might have to try one at one point. Maybe I'm going to have to try and uh, scam one off of uh, Max there. Have you tried one there, uh, Patrice? I haven't Patrice tried Ray? I haven't tried one. I do have a name. It's not just Patrice. I know. Uh, Patrice Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so this, this is... This is, the, is yeah, look, I'm getting bullied here. I feel like I'm Max. No, wow. listen. This is actually an indictment on Max. So let's shift it back to him. How 100%. the hell do we not have any of these in the office? That's a great question. Why are they not here? Doing, We're I, in the ads and Max doesn't get them in. I think Lomita says he misses ad man. Oh, oh. Uh, let's not go that far. <laughs> no, but, let's not go that far. But I, I mean, listen, man, I spent 99% of my freaking time here. I don't have time to go stop and get a bad birdie, you know? So if a juicy golden ale was just put into our PHNX fridge, I'd be able to try it for the first time. But somebody's on vacation. Max so, is on vacation. You know, he gosh. could be he could be getting his beers and he's not. But you know what? If he's not going to do it, maybe I've got to go and find one myself. Maybe I'll have You to go always got to just the... put things into your own hands. I'm just saying. You gotta, you, if you can't, you can't trust him... Hey, maybe I'm going to have to go and check out their 8th Street pub again. Um, I do visit there reasonably frequently, to be perfectly honest. So, hey, maybe I'll go see if I can get it there. But, of course, you can also find these beers. Go visit fourpeaks.com slash locates to find all your favorite beers and events. And check out Four Peaks Brew and Four Peaks Pub on social media to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. And remember, of course, you must be 21 or older to enjoy Four Peaks. And please enjoy responsibly. Right. Jake, we've spoken about what's happened over the last week. We've spoken about now the, the preseason game, the new signings, all of that fun stuff. We still have an, about just over a month now to go until the start of the regular season on March 9th. Let's look big picture here for a minute. What is this team at this point still missing in your mind? From a roster construction standpoint, I would like to see maybe one more forward. Um, I know Danny said one or two, and we got those two already right, when he was on the show last week. But 22 players, I would like to see maybe closer to 25. Um, you could bring up some academy kids to to put, train with you. But if you look at three forwards, three out-and-out forwards, let's say one gets hurt one gets red-carded. Now you're down to one, Right. And just in one match, that's a problem because you don't have a backup. Should he get tired? Should he be having a bad game? Whatever it may be. Should he get a red, right? And now you have none. Um, I don't necessarily think it would be someone who you would expect to start at this point just because most of the guys, the big name free agents are gone. So I almost expect it to be maybe another loan. Although we've spoken about the lack of quality that we've seen on the pitch from Phoenix Rising loanies that are specifically forwards. Oh, who got one again this season as well. Right. And we're and we've yet and we'll, that will remain to be seen, right? I, I hope he breaks that streak. Um but yeah, I would just like to see at you, least you mean to tell me you weren't the biggest fans of uh Jackson Conway, of uh Lagos Kunga. No of, they're uh, players of that elk. Their their goal output for their position was uh you know, left much to be desired. <laughs> That's one way to describe. But yeah, I, I just, I would like to see just more depth because like, and maybe the plan is to, if that were to happen, you, you emergency false nine it, which they could do. You could have Julio or Panos potentially play that position. Although, you can have Darius play as a nine. Right. But I'm saying like, let's say Darius is, 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 the starter and Remy is hurt and, 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 you know, Gallardo is red carded in that scenario. And then Darish is not playing well that By the game. Way, no jet. No, we're not bringing Curry Hurtsog, Corey Hurtsog out of retirement. That's not happening. 
That's not happening. We are not bringing Corey Hertzog. No. But whatever ends up happening, you have to then take Darius off. Now all three forwards are out of play. He gets red carded. What are you doing the next game? You don't have a fourth forward to throw in there, so now you're going to have to figure out a false nine yeah. type of situation. I would prefer the likes of Julio and Panos to be able to play behind forwards and be the ones creating for them. But hey, they, they obviously have a plan. Um, and the, the second part of the answer to your question is I, this team just needs more time together, right? You didn't necessarily... The, the one thing came out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Now you know who your manager is. Those ideas are going to be instilled. I mean, this team still needs another assistant coach. Oh, it does. That's a critical piece now, right? And I think that's really important as we look at this. You've got to bear in mind right now that from from the last update that we had, Rising's fitness coach has not yet arrived as well right? Um, due to visa issues. Um, you're in a position whereby when you look at the actual frontline coaching staff in terms of Danny, in terms of uh, Donnell King, who, I mean, he needs some time as well, of course, as we... We look ahead now at how he's going to adapt to this new role. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at these people and saying, where's the, uh, even some of the others, and looking and saying, where's the native Spanish speaker, which given the the, the composition of this squad to me is a, a pretty critical piece and it's going to be an important part of winning some of those guys over and making sure that they're, they're all together, that you can bring them together as a group. Um, I think that's going to be critical. And yeah, I think that's honestly even just in the near future, something that really... Do you want to make sure that you get the right decision? Of course you do. Of course you do. But it's also a question of how long are you willing? How long can you leave it? Uh, how long can you go until you ultimately make the decision on that one and move forward with someone? And the difficulty, too, is preseason has started for basically everybody. Yeah. So if you're not already on a training staff why aren't you would be a big question right i mean theoretically the most sought after coaches mm -hmm. would already be on a staff and, and it's it players coaches it's it's a lot like any other job right i mean you're going to get a phone call because you've worked with somebody before and they're giving you a reference or you are the person that they did work with before maybe danny goes back to someone He's worked with in the past. Who knows, mm -hmm. right? We we don't know. It's made to be seen, but yeah. I mean, you 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 get an assistant coach, you get another forward. Give these guys some time together. Uh, I don't expect a slow start. It's the it's not last year where you had seventeen new players, no. right? The majority no. of these guys played together last year. Now it's just fine tuning and replacing the the major keys that you're losing. But I think that they'll be able to do that fairly quickly. And it just, can Danny make his tweaks and will that make this team take a little more? Yeah, I mean, and again, I think there's still a lot of things. You're right in terms of time. I think there's something else that's really quite underrated. And this is when we look at some of what the team was able to accomplish in, um, you know, what they've managed to, to do last season and how they, they built that out in terms of their preseason games, in terms of everything else. It felt like Rising played a lot more preseason games last season. Yes, there's not quite as much turnover, but there is still turnover at some critical positions. And to me, I almost wonder if adding an additional game or two, finding ways to do that, um, could be pretty important as you look I at agree. this preseason preparation. Because again, you've got to build those connections when you've got guys that are new in there. I mean, the midfield is, is different in a lot of ways, right? Guys like JP Skiers, guys like Dorothy Otto, we don't know what we're quite going to see out of some of these people. You look at the front line, right? And, and Darish Formella, 
Um, we don't know quite what role he's going to choose to play in, or he's going to be chosen to play in in this this system. We don't know quite how how Remy Cabral's going to look as he's put in there. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be worked out as people get used to each other and people really, you know, put all those things together. And um, I, I'm just personally, I'm wondering if the the four games that are on the slate right now are the right way to go. And, and shout out to our Preston Eleven here who's talking about the Cardinals and what they're up to. But uh, this is, once again, not a Cardinals podcast. It's also not a Suns podcast before someone chimes in with Suns takes again. Um, you know, it's... It, you'd be, I'm in the wrong place, amazed. man. I thought that we were talking about the Suns this whole we're, time. We're not talking about the Suns, funnily enough, there. Uh, funnily enough, Eric. <laughs> you'd be amazed, though, how often this happens. You'd be amazed. Oh, no, I realize it because, like, sometimes I'll be producing the Bets show with Damon, and they're, even though it's completely different, uh, like, layout, different color, it's around the same time as the Suns show some nights, and people jump in there thinking it's the Suns show. Oh, 100%. So, you know, welcome. Stay stay a while. These guys know what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's fun. It's a it's a different form of football. Learn something. Rumor has it it's a better form of football, but uh, you're not hearing that one from me. Um, as we look, though, I will say here, actually, and Jet... Jet does bring up a uh, comment here on uh, they're on the list for the Tucson friendlies. They are on the graphic, but Tucson haven't announced anything else. So I mean, yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't that. know what's going on there. They've announced one friendly in Tucson this whole time, and they've got a graphic that's got like I think Montreal played down there already. Montreal against uh, was it Minnesota they played? I'm not sure who they played. The I real, believe it the was real Montreal, not not Montreal Bay. That's the. <sighs> We found it a, far, a file so. earlier, yeah, Monterey Bay, and we referred to it as Montreal Bay, which obviously is uh, not correct. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a chance that we see another game at it. I mean, look, I personally hope that we do. Um, I do know that, obviously, Rising has had a, a history, of course, for, for playing um, against GCU. Um, not sure quite uh, what's up with them not playing them this season. Um not saying if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but again, to an extent, sometimes with these friendlies, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You just want to get a bit of minutes. You want to get some minutes together, whereby you can try and work on some different things. You can get used to each other. You can read each other's play better. You get used to those runs that people are going to be making. You can get used to what kind of spaces they're going to find each other in. You get used to how quick the guy next to you is going to be running back, so you know what you've got to do when you're trying to recover on a counterattack. But I... I... Yeah, I, I think to me that's the biggest thing. Yes, the forward is an important bit. I do feel as though there is a need possibly for another body in there. And, and look, MLS, as preseason goes on, we'll find ways to cut people or find people that aren't ready necessarily to play in the first team for any extensive period of time, and they will make them available for loans to, to try and get them some minutes under their belt. But I, I I don't know. I'm I'm still I think at the one point just trying to work out quite what it is that that they're gonna do to really work on some of that chemistry as well going into into this season because again I just don't think the four friendlies is necessarily enough, especially given we've seen some very weird stuff in past seasons and a lot more games in general. Right, and until Rocco gets back, they can't even play themselves. That's true. Like, they couldn't even do a 45. I mean, you could get a kid, I guess, right. in goal. But and then theoretically, you would want... With Rakowski as well, but... You would want 11 pros versus 11 pros. And nothing against the academy kids, but you're an academy kid, right? Your future is to become a pro. The guys that they have signed, that they're paying, right? 
you can't even do the 11 v 11 right now and that's it's true that's a combination of Rocco not being here Patrick being hurt um you know Stenberg's not available um for about a month I think yeah right yeah um I, I mean health is going to be the paramount importance again getting fitness getting guys up to 90 minutes I mean that's that's the tricky part of preseason, right? But I do think four games is a little a little light. I also well, it think is because that you, you also look at it right, and just even from a minutes as you mentioned, they're working up the minutes, getting people back to fitness. When you look at what the the coaches have often said in the past, they often start at about thirty, then mm-hmm. they move to forty five, then you move to maybe about sixty, and then you're moving up to seventy five again. You're adding time constantly, yes, but you just think now. Are you going to get all the way up there in these minutes? Or are you going to be rushing people or what? I mean, maybe they do do these intramural, these inter-squad games. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and, and those are behind closed doors, right? Those are just normal training sessions for them, and we don't actually get to see it. You know, maybe the... Maybe low- in the week they're over in Coachella, they play another team there, and it's, again, just behind closed doors right. in a training session. Right, and, and maybe there's trying to find these extra games because, you know, with... One stepping down, you had that time period where not much was being done from a scouting or planning standpoint other than what he had already done. Because one had said on the way back from the final, January 15th, that so much was done. But maybe in the time that he was speaking to Houston that they didn't end up planning the back end of after the MLS teams are done here and they go back and you have those couple of weeks where you can just play teams in your own league or play a GCU, or I don't know. I mean, can you play? Can you play one of the teams here? Can you play? You know, uh, what are they name? Um, like another name? UPSL and but the team that Ryan Flood came from. Like, yeah, like a UPSL. Team. Yeah, I mean, those kind of sporting Arizona. Right. Those kind of dudes. Uh, when does Rocco get back? The way I'll just answer that quickly. Um, it's like mid Feb at the moment. I believe it finishes on the eleventh of Feb. The tour- the pre Olympic tournament. Something like that. I have not been following, full disclosure. <laughs> I don't believe he's been playing, so yeah, that's that's kind of killed off my interest in that one. But yes, I mean, when you look at like teams like those UPSL teams and, and things like that, like, yeah, they're, they're there. They can play games against you. Look, it's, at the end of the day, it's bodies, right? And I think you can broadly trust that teams like that, when they're told, don't go and be a, an idiot. Um, like they, most teams tend to stick by that because that's what gets them the opportunity to play those kind of friendlies. Um, they want the opportunity to play big teams. So, yeah, I mean, I'm broadly speaking, I I just feel like they, they can probably add a few more, and maybe they are. Maybe they are playing some more of these behind closed doors. And AZ Monsoon FC, of course, Jet uh, mentioning. We'll talk about Nisa later as well. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, though, let's let's have a. Let's move on a little bit, and we're going to take a quick break now. I know you're not a a big beer guy, are you, Jake? Not at all. But this product, this product, I believe, is something that you've uh, you can give us some views on here. You've tried the old OGs, haven't you? I have. I no longer do, but I have. You have. You have. What was your What was your take on those OGs, though? It's good. They taste good, and usually edibles kind of taste like shit, but. These ones taste good. See, that's, that's a glowing that's, endorsement. See, right that's now. the thing about them is that they could just be candy right like if they just said hey this is here's candy. a here's a, a candy br- here's a little a gummy for you to have nothing else no strings attached just a gummy right no strings attached i'd still buy that mm. and then there's of course other added value there is of course other added value in there but let's talk a little bit about ogs of course they've launched the new big ogs gummy 
It's a mega version of the Pegs RSO. Uh, it's one of the company's most popular products, perforated into 10 slices, each with 10 milligrams, for a total of 100 milligrams of THC. I'm also told by Max that they now have a vegan OGs as well that is available. That's something that I know some uh, some of our viewers who were speaking to me about OGs in the past, going back to 2022 actually, brought up that they're good. But do they have a vegan vision or are they going to make one in the near future? Well, the answer to that now is yes. Yes, they do. You can go ahead and check out OGs at your local dispensary. You can check them out online as well. Find out more about where you can find OGs. Head over to ogsbrands.com. And of course, remember, of course, 21 and over. Full disclosure, Albert, I uh, barely drink as it is. He barely drinks as it is. There we go. There we go. He's not too Too bougie, bougie for alcohol. Well, <laughs> alcohol is poison. That's my philosophy. There we go. There we go. A little bit, a little bit in moderation, of course. Enjoy responsibly. Twenty-one you do over. with anything. Twenty-one over. There we go. See, he's got the disclaimers down. We bring this guy in a few times, a few times a year, and he's a got few the disclaimers. Times. He does come in a few more than. He's here more times. than Adman now. He's the, <laughs> the new Adman. Do you want to replace Adman? You want to get a tattoo? He doesn't want to get a tattoo. I don't have to get a tattoo, but I mean, should Speaking, we bring that up now? You know what? That's a, this is a great time. To bring this up, we don't have Max Simpson with us today here in the studio. We do have some unfortunate news for you. Unfortunately, the tattoo live that was scheduled for Thursday is going to be postponed uh, due to unforeseen circumstances. So uh, the tattoo will not be taking place live on Thursday. Jake, your immediate reaction. I found this out on my way here, right into Derek in the parking garage. I'm livid. What? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> Albert. A full disclosure. Uh, at the uh, I won't. I won't say their name. At the old place I used to work alongside Derek, and uh, and then I got to work alongside him and and uh, and Jesse when I was covering the D-backs at the old place. Yeah. So. So um, I know Derek very well. Big fan of the guy. Yeah. Very much looking forward to him. Derek was excited. He was going to be helping right. me call the right. live he was, stream. He's going to be the emceeing tattoo. the whole thing. So he was going to was... be with me on the call. I'm bummed. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? No, like, like you... listen, Michael in the chat saying, shocked, shocked. Oh, but really not that shocked. I mean, we all expected Max he's been to, ducking to it be for a months. chicken. He's a duck. He's a chicken. Whatever type of bird he is, it's a, it's a coward. He's a coward. This is this is this is incredible. I'd like to clarify. I didn't personally put this on Max, but the decision has been made by the other people on here that we will blame him regardless. No, we're 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 blaming Max. I think the key thing here. It could have been done by now. Yeah, that's see, that's that's the thing, right? It could. Like, you're right. You're right. This he, did, he sat on this for so long. He sat on it for so long that now it's annoying. The man went to trial, and that was like six months ago. Like, <laughs> like, exactly. come on, it feels like, come it, on. doesn't it? It come feels on, it. Man. it. It takes an hour, two hours. To, to get that tattoo? You know, rumor has it, I think, for every for every uh, every month since the final, the tattoo gets bigger. I think that's a I think it should just be an extra tattoo at this point. You want to wait another month, Max? You're getting two tattoos. I hope they win it again. He's got to get a second one. Is that the deal? <laughs> is it a is it a no, like it, a banner every time they but, win? It isn't. But you know what I'll say? He did have 
an additional forfeit he's got to do, which we haven't been able to determine yet what the additional forfeit's going to be. Oh, we should do decide we make it the now. Addition, do we make the additional forfeit just be like a, a second, second tattoo? <laughs> so it's like it's not a second tattoo if they don't win it, because that's but almost too much for the additional fa- tattoo. Just to show it. The, the forfeit. For like, Mella, Darish got a when tattoo the before they got back from Vegas. Vegas. He agreed a, a bet with, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, he, he made a bet with, with Panos Amanakis. Um, both of them agreed if the other players scored a goal and uh, managed to, they, they won that game, that they'd get a tattoo with the initials and number of, of the person who scored the goal. And what a in this case, freaking game Panos that was. Am- that was a, a ridiculous game. And Rising out was winners in that game. Panos scores a very good goal in that one. And Darius, that night... That night in Vegas goes and gets the tattoo with PA21 Las Vegas Nevada on his leg. On his calf. That you can night. see it. Unlike, unlike Max, it. who's putting it somewhere where you can't see it. Max is... Uh, Listen, he's the talk of the office. No, nobody res- nobody respects the man Soft. anymore. Soft. You heard it here first. Soft. <laughs> if he waits any longer, his girlfriend needs a matching tattoo. Guilt by association. Ooh. That's from Kevin. That's the forfeit. Is the bet isn't for him this season? It's for his girl. I get the feeling that she won't agree to that. I've got to be perfectly honest. And unfortunately, Max, I don't think can agree to that on her behalf. No, I know. So, um, I don't think we're going to manage to get away with that one, unfortunately. I think he should eat something disgusting. <laughs> because the man already orders pizza with green bell pepper half spinach. No. What more do we have from him? From Domino's. No, from listen. Domino's. No free ads, guys. Come on, ad man. Come on. No, he's not man. saying that in a positive. No, I know. I would I never. Know. I would never endorse that establishment. This is, this is an Italian. Look at look at the little. Where is it? There, right there, here. there, there. Right there. A little Italian flag. Come on. Okay. This next forfeit, whatever it is, it cannot be something that he has physical like control over. Like he should have to eat something, and it's up to us to bring it to him, so he can't shove duck it, it down his throat. You know, no, not to shove it down his throat, but like not. Hey, man, we have to set up getting you a tattoo, right? Because then that's, that gives him too much control. We will bring you something absolutely disgusting to a show that is already scheduled and you have no choice but to eat it live right, Again, diehards, if you want to tell us what you're thinking, Please. tell us in Discord. And of course, remember that when Max gets that tattoo, and he will get that tattoo, he will. I'll believe it when I see it. He will. We will hold him to it. We will hold him to it. I will. I will have words... And Max I don't think will he be should be allowed back at the stadium. Stadium without does. a tattoo. I agree. Right. I agree. I agree. I, I think... don't think he should be allowed back in the office. <laughs> I, that, that's that's a perfectly valid response as well. Um, I will say one brand name every 30 seconds until he gets a tattoo. Just to, to put him against the clock. Oh. There we go. When is the Los Dos Friendly? The Los Dos Friendly is on March the 1st. And I have it on good authority that there is someone coming over here who is very, very much wanting to see that tattoo and is insisting they want to see that tattoo. So it better be done by then. It better be done in time. It better be done in time. But of course, if you become a diehard, you will get to eventually, when it happens, see the stream of Max Simpson getting a tattoo live. Whenever that should be. We don't yet know, but you will be able to watch it. And of course, you get plenty of other Great things that come along with being a diehard as well. You get the free shirts every year. You manage to get uh, discounts as well on merchandise. You get access to all of the content on the website. And, of course, you get 
access to our diehards only Discord where you can mingle with other members of our diehards and also go out and mingle with other people here at PHNX as well who are pretty active across all of the teams that we cover. So go ahead. If you haven't become a diehard yet, make sure to check it out on gophnx.com and become a diehard today. You no, can... Andrew, Max is just a pussy. <laughs> Andrew asked if getting a tattoo is that painful. If you've ever wanted to talk shit directly to Max, like not just through the chat on the show, but like directly to his face. It's another method of bullying him. You want to pressure him and get this tattoo faster, become a diehard, and this, just keep sending just him messages. Tag him in the Discord every single hour until he gets it done. I think that I think we really need to put the pressure on. You know, there, there is it. There is a has Max got his tattoo yet uh, account on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there that. is an account on Twitter. I think it needs to step things up. I think it needs to start tagging him every single hour until that man gets a tattoo. But then he'll just block you. But still, give it a go. Give it a go. Why not? Why Make not? Make a new account. Yeah. Well, should we talk about some serious news? Because there is a lot of stuff going on across the US in footballing sense right now. We'll start with a little bit of USL, of course. Uh, news coming out of Las Vegas Lights. New head coach appointed in a... Uh, maybe they'll get some players soon. Maybe they'll get some players. They haven't had got any players, of course, apart from a baseball player as their new owner. Um, we'll see how things go. Cash from Field, the great reset is on. Las Vegas Lights. What will happen there? A uh, bit of other news here. And this one a little bit more serious. Let's talk about it now. We, we do know that there's some stuff going on with... Uh, PSRA, the Referees Association for uh, Professional Referees here in the U.S. They put out an open letter uh, ahead of what's looking very likely like it could be a strike coming up very soon. They say that PRO, that's the entity that assigns referees, has allegedly started making some phone calls and asking officials about future availability for MLS regular season matches. MLS's regular season, of course, getting underway in less than a month. And here's what the dispute ultimately comes down to. They're trying to work on a new collective bargaining agreement. It was extended through till tomorrow. That's Wednesday, January the 31st, uh, as a result of just a union vote to extend it until that point. But they have authorized strike action afterwards. Uh, the PSRA represents all of the referees in... MLS in all roles, uh, referee, assistant referee for officials, uh, and of course the video assistant referees. Uh, the likelihood, if they were to, was to be a work stoppage, there, it'd be the first time in MLS that's happened since 2014. Um, as I understand it, because officials in USL and WSL uh, and USL League One and MLS Next Pro as well are all covered under PRO2. That's a slightly separate group, even though it falls under the broader PRO structure. Um, they are under a different collective bargaining agreement, and they can't be forced to cover those games and cross that picket line because they're ultimately covered by the same union. So they're not part of this labor dispute, but MLS could be dealing with replacement referees to start the season. I sent you that gift from, I think it was like 10 years ago, and the Seahawks played the Packers. And you oh, had... that's the, the classic one. The, classic NFL, one. the NFL referees where one guy said touchback, one guy said touchdown at the same exact time. That's my fear, that we're just going to get absolute gobshite refereeing if this does not get resolved. It's going to be, it could be awful. It could be fine, but it's more likely not going to be good. I, um, I think people people like to talk a lot of things about referees and often not understand that 
if if this magical better refereeing group was there ever, right, you're gonna get maybe every single league in the world wouldn't spend most of its time with the fans complaining about referees. Funnily enough, the better referees aren't out there. Where are they going to get them? They're going to be people who don't work professional games, by and large. So, are you going to be... No, no. <laughs> what do you think I am? Some kind of scab? This is no. your opportunity, I ain't crossing no picket line. No, 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 no. That's not happening. That is not this happening. This is your opportunity for the big time. No. Show them how it's done. No. Take control of the no. game. No. <laughs> no. Right, but yeah, I think it's looking increasingly likely that we could see a work stoppage in MLS with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, because again... I don't believe you're going to see a real impact necessarily on USL Championship and, and the officiating there. I think that the people who are officiating USL Championship games by and large will be still officiating USL Championship games. And MLS is going to have to reach down below that level, below. So uh, good luck, guys. Sunday League. Good luck. Uh, anyway, of course, a little bit of other news, I think, just... Just to finish off on uh, Nisa. Wow, Nisa. We love a bit of Nisa, don't we? I guess. That little eyebrow <laughs> raise. What do you think about Nisa there, Jake? I don't know, man. The... I, I, I'm all for every every community having a team, but some of these leagues, it's just... I'm a big do it the right way or don't do it at all type of person. And I feel like the, some of these leagues like Nisa are kind of right in the middle. Well, I will uh, pull out here a uh, bit of reporting here from Dan Creel saying that uh, U.S. soccer is currently uh, vetting of Nisa's clubs isn't going smoothly. Well, that would, of course, delay things as we look ahead to the U.S. Open Cup, waiting on uh, information on that front. Uh, also worth noting that today in Nisa, Albion San Diego uh, announced they'll be going on a hiatus for the 2024 season. Um, and they will see you back in 2025. I'll believe that bit when I see I it. Um, lower league teams, teams going on Tend not to come back. It can be done, but it's not guaranteed. So we will remember wait. Fresno? Yeah, I remember a lot of teams that have gone on. I mean, OKC may come back one day, hey? OKC Energy FC, I mean, they, they kind of like tweet once a year and everyone's like, oh, they're not dead. But they haven't played a game for a while, so... Like, it's different than an RGV that just says, we're done. Yeah, RGV just gave up. Like, Right, but when I mean, you say, we'll be back, to them, and like, then you I never mean, come I, back. I don't want to go back to RGV, to be perfectly frank, so I, I, I'm right. not complaining. But respect them for actually, yeah, just uh, admitting it, they're done. They're done. Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> it, it's sad, because, I mean, I mean, but in all honesty, like, if... 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 Again, this is going to sound pretty harsh, but if like if your community's highest level is Nisa, I mean, Nisa's got so many problems, right? I mean, I I mentioned PSRA earlier. The fact that they have to advocate because Nisa has a tendency to to not make payments to referees that that's a, this or is a professional players. league or players. I mean, again, or, or other stories that we won't delve into with a former Phoenix-based uh, Nisa team uh, that ended up effectively shutting down operations in the middle of a season. It's first season, that would be. Um, nice is just like the constant joke. And I, I, it's funny to me because it feels as though you see the leagues like NPSL, like UPSL, that are amateur leagues that are better run than, than Nisa is. Right, and, and that's my <laughs> whole point behind it. Like, if you're going to call yourself a professional league, like, the, the difference between pro and amateur is you hold yourself to a high standard 
you're a pro. There are things you may not like that you have to do, but you have to do them because you are a professional. That is the definition of being a professional. You do the things at the highest level that you can. And they don't. And they just have a lot of empty promises. And I don't think they give a shit about their fans. And it just... If you do things in a shitty way, I just would rather just not see you exist. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it. And speaking of empty promises, as we mentioned earlier, Max, unfortunately, will not be appearing on the tattoo <laughs> uh, live stream that we were expecting to have for our diehards on Thursday. Unfortunately, that has been postponed. We will find a date for you in the near future and update you as and when we are able to do so. So that means... You're not going to see us until next week now. Next week, next Tuesday, we'll be back at 6 o'clock. You know exactly where it is. No, Thursday show? We can't even... No, Thursday show. We, we don't, we're not doing Thursday shows at the minute. We're waiting until... Uh, face the camera. Waiting until face the music. In. Face the music. Rumor has it. Maybe we should have a really grilling interview with Max, I'm thinking. Do you think that would be a good idea there, uh, producer Eric? Maybe we just spring it on him like an intervention. Very true. Could we ambush we're him? We're all here. Just waiting ambush for him. him. Girlfriend Ooh. included. Oh, I like this. I like this idea. We should do this. We'll ambush him at some point. Don't worry. You won't know when, Max. But it's coming. It's coming. But yeah, we'll be back here next Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And Max should be here for that one, hopefully. He should be here. Tattooless. Tattooless Max Simpson will be here next Tuesday. We'll be on at Tuesday at 6. You know exactly where because it's exactly where you are watching and or listening to it now. Uh, check us out, of course, many of our other shows as well. Uh, and, of course, you can check us out. Uh, Jake, you're on Twitter at JWA1994, correct? Yes, sir. Indeed. And our producer, Eric Ruby, is at Eric Ruby, correct? That's right. That is correct. You can find me online at OJEvans18. Uh, you can find Max wherever you hide your nearest disappointments. And, uh, yeah, make sure to tune in. Join us next Tuesday for a tattooless Max Simpson where you can remind him exactly what you think of him. Until then, good night.